the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. He's the only answer to what is ailing them, and they are cursing the very one that they should be bowing to. This is a very sad commentary on the state of humanity. But, you know, in a smaller sense, because this obviously is a time that is unparalleled, but in a smaller sense, it's not too different from the way a lot of us are. You know, God over and over again tries to get our attention, and we refuse to humble ourselves, and instead we start getting angry at Him and blaming Him for things, when in fact what we should really do is to bow our knee and humble ourselves and surrender to Him. When things go wrong in your life, and I'm not just talking about forgetting to fill up on gas on your way home, I mean really wrong, what is your first response? Have you ever thought about the potential in that first moment that you get the bad news? What about if the doctor calls with the test results? How will you react? And do you know that you can give God glory in the most impossible moments? You've got a choice, though. You can rise in faith or fall in grumbling and complaining. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 15 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. So these golden bowls are probably the golden incense bowls of the priests. So in the uh, tabernacle of the, in the temple of the Old Testament, one of the articles of the, of the uh, temple were these golden bowls of incense that the priests would carry this aroma, the incense, unto the Lord. And it is believed that those are the similar kind of bowls that are being used here. And it's interesting there in verse 7, it talks about the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls. Well, back in Revelation chapter 4, we were introduced to these four living creatures. They were very different and unique beings. And they are, again, angelic beings. So they're of somewhat of a different order. There seems to be a hierarchy of angelic beings in the Bible. And these four living creatures were the ones who were around the throne of God. So they have now been entrusted to take these golden bowls and give them to these seven angels and to assign them then this task of pouring out the full wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So it's quite a heavenly scene here with with sights and sounds 
you know, John's senses are being overwhelmed here as he writes all these things and angelic beings and smoke filling the, the temple area, the glory of God and uh, being manifest there in this way. These tribulation saints who are now in heaven, their spirits there with harps and they're singing songs unto the Lord. So, it, you know, it's, there's, there's some noise going on. There's, there's some activity happening for sure in heaven. But what is about to happen on earth is rather intense and and sobering here. So as we move into chapter 16, here we go. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. And so this is, you know, this is somewhat symbolic. They are pouring out these bowls and it is an indication of God's judgments being poured out upon the earth in seven successive events. And when you look at chapter 16 here, it seems to be that each bowl is being poured out rather rapidly. It is happening rather intensely, successively, pretty quickly, because the effects of bowl number one is still being felt when bowl number five is being poured out, which indicates to us this rapid successive series here that is that is happening. So there's not any downtime between these bowls. It's happening one after another after another as God pours out these series of judgments upon the earth. So here we go. I'm going to give you the summary of each bowl and then we will read it and talk a little bit about it. So here's the summary of bowl number one. Ugly and painful sores break out on all who have the mark of the beast. This is what verse two tells us. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. By the way, this is very similar to the sixth plague of Egypt. When you look back at some of the ancient plagues that happened in the book of Exodus when God was working on Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to release the Hebrew slaves, Pharaoh was reluctant, and so God poured out a series of 10 different plagues upon the Egyptians. You're going to see here some similarities between those plagues in the book of Exodus and the plagues that are coming upon the earth here in Revelation chapter 16. This is very similar to the sixth plague of Egypt when boils broke out on people, sores broke out on people. Some Bible scholars look at the words here in verse 2, which talks about a foul and loathsome sore, and believe that it's an indication of some kind of malignancy, that whatever happens that breaks out upon people, it is restricted to those who have taken the mark of the beast. Remember, we read earlier, you can't buy or sell during this time without receiving the mark of the beast, and his number is 666. So there's some kind of thing that happens on your forehead or on your right hand that allows you to buy and sell, and there's been great debates about you know modern technology and chips and all this kind of stuff, but whatever it is, if it is something like that, those who have taken that mark are identifying their allegiance and loyalty to the beast, the Antichrist, and not to God. And so God is selectively here pouring out this bowl upon those who had taken the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Bowl number two. The second bowl is the sea turns into blood and every living thing in the sea dies. This is verse three. Then the angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. 
This is very similar when we were going through the trumpets, the trumpet judgments. This is very similar to the second trumpet. When the second trumpet was sounded, a third of the sea became blood. In this case, though, all of the seas become blood and every living creature in the sea died. Now you have to remember, by the time we get here to the bowl judgments, you have more than half of the world's population gone. They've either died or the church has been raptured. So you have somewhere upwards of 4 billion people have already died. And now those who have remained here are going to feel the effects of what is happening globally, and it impacts humanity. Obviously, when the sea turns to blood and you have every living sea creature dying, I mean, that's a great food source for for the world, dead. I want you to also imagine the stench. Blood itself smells. But now you add on top of that, every sea creature dead, I mean, the foul odor that'll be upon the earth is just unimaginable. But that's, that is the second bowl. Here's the third bowl. The third bowl is rivers and streams become blood, so drinking water is polluted. It's one thing for the seas to become polluted, but now the fresh water is going to get polluted here with bowl number three. Look at verse four. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord, God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. It's interesting that these angels are affirming God in that they're worshiping him and saying, You were just in turning the fresh water to blood because these very people killed the prophets and killed the saints. And so they have shed blood and now you're giving them what they have done to others. You are giving them the blood to drink. And so in that, God is being just in this. Now, it is interesting to note that the earth is covered, about 70% of the earth is covered by water. About 70% of the earth is covered by water. 97% of that is salt water. The remaining 3% of water on the globe is basically locked within the polar ice caps and glaciers. Humanity, check this out, humanity basically survives today on 1% of the water on the earth. That's what sustains humanity. Basically 1% fresh water upon all the waters of the earth. So you have to understand how fragile the whole freshwater situation is, even now. And so when it gets turned to blood here, it's going to obviously affect the ability to drink fresh water. This, by the way, is very like, very similar to the first plague against the Egyptians in the book of Exodus, when the Nile River was turned to blood. Now, this is more extensive than that, but again, there's similarities here. The fourth bowl is people are scorched by the intense heat of the sun. If you look at verse 8, it says, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, 
and power was given to him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Now, before I talk about this actual plague, I want to point out a few things about those last couple of sentences. And they did not repent and give him glory. Two times in the book of Revelation, that phrase is found, and both times here in chapter 16, in verse 9, and we'll read it again in verse 11. That despite the fact that God is putting on the squeeze here, it is one last attempt to awaken non-believers. There will be people in their stubbornness who refuse to repent who refuse to humble themselves and bow their knee and acknowledge that God is great and superior and awesome and just and true and holy. They refuse to repent. And in fact, look at what they also do. If you back up in the middle of verse 9, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. Three times in the book of Revelation, it talks about how people on earth blaspheme the name of God, and all three times are found here in chapter 16. It's verse 9, 11, and 21. We'll come to it as we continue to read. But I want you to notice that not only do they reluctantly refuse to acknowledge God as Savior, in the process they also blaspheme Him. They're cursing God. They are mad at God. He's the only answer to what is ailing them, and they are cursing the very one that they should be bowing to. This is a very sad commentary on the state of humanity. But, you know, in a smaller sense, because this obviously is a time that is unparalleled, but in a smaller sense, it's not too different from the way a lot of us are. You know, God over and over again tries to get our attention, and we refuse to humble ourselves, and instead we start getting angry at Him and blaming Him for things, when in fact what we should really do is to bow our knee and humble ourselves and surrender to Him. These people here refuse, many of them. And so here's what's happening in the fourth bowl. People are being scorched by the intense heat of the sun. And it's interesting, if you write in the margin of your Bible, Isaiah 30, verse 26, right here. I'm going to read to you what Isaiah 30, 26 says. Because Isaiah also saw this day. God showed the prophet Isaiah a scene of the end times. And Isaiah writes this about the intensity of the sun. Listen, Isaiah 30, verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. So when you compare Isaiah 30, 26 with what is happening here, it seems to indicate that the intensity of the sun gets ratcheted up seven times. Now, what happens on the planet when the sun is seven times hotter than it presently is? Well, not only do people get scorched, but think what happens. Uh, Yeah, people get scorched for sure. There's not enough sunscreen that's going to help that day, I guarantee you. But Dr. Henry Morris, who's written some great commentaries on the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation, he died in 2006. I had the privilege of meeting him once, but he was previously the department chair of civil engineering at Virginia Tech. And he wrote a book called The Revelation Record. And as a civil engineer, he calculated the effects on the planet if the sun were to be intensified seven times. And what he wrote about in his book, The Revelation Record, is that the great ice sheets on Greenland and the entire continent of Antarctica would melt. Now, when you have all of that melting happening, if the sun got seven times hotter, 
and the polar ice caps and the glaciers melted, it would raise the sea level, according to his calculations, by 200 feet. 200 feet. This is a study that was done, put out by Statista, about what would happen by the year 2100 if sea levels, because their, their data is using the potential of global warming. So just global, you talk about global warming, it's when the sun gets seven times hotter, okay? If you really want to be biblical about global warming, it's in Revelation chapter 16. But anyway, if because of global warming, the sea levels rise just two feet, just two This is their data chart as to the number of different countries that will be affected and the number of people who will be affected because of rising seawater. And in totality, they're saying by 2100, by the year 2100, if we're still here by 2100, I kind of hope not, to be honest with you. Well, I know for sure. Either way, I'm not going to make it to 2100. Um, I don't have another 80 years in me. But, But they're saying that over 200 million people will be in jeopardy of dying because of the the sea level rising just two feet. Now, if it rises 200 feet, I started Googling and looking at how many cities around America are well within 200 feet of sea level, and just even presently. I just looked at the ones, let's just look at some that are under 100 feet. Look, New York City is only 33 feet above sea level. It's eight and a half million people who will be underwater. It's, they're just 33 feet above sea level. Miami is just six and a half feet above sea level. They have 471,000 people living in Miami. San Diego is only 62 feet above sea level. Of course, New Orleans, they're, they're seven feet below sea level. Corpus Christi is seven feet above sea level. Galveston, Texas, seven feet above sea level. Savannah, Georgia is 49 feet above sea level. Jacksonville, Florida, 16 feet above. Tampa, Florida, 48 feet. Orlando, Florida. Mickey is going to be completely submerged, my friends. Listen, I mean, think about, and those are just a few cities in America that are under 100 feet above sea level. So if the waters rise 200 feet, like Dr. Morris is calculating, I mean, you're talking major metropolitan cities, millions and millions of people who are going to be inundated with floodwaters. Bowl number five. The fifth bowl is darkness covers the kingdom of the beast. It says in verse 10, Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. And here we have it again, verse 11. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. You know, what is it going to take, right? So darkness covers the kingdom of the beast. Not sure exactly what this means. Some think it means just the area of Babylon, because the Babylonian empire kind of emerges again. We'll get into that, uh, Lord willing, next week into chapters uh, 17 and 18. How much of the globe does this affect? Depends on how much the kingdom of the beast it's referring to here. But darkness covers the whole earth. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, uh, Jesus says that hell will be outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is somewhat of a preview of hell that God is giving people here. 
This is also, by the way, similar to the Egyptian plague number nine, when darkness covered the land there of Egypt. Plague number six, the the sixth bowl is poured out and the Euphrates River dries up. Demons entice kings of the east to wage war against Israel in the valley of Megiddo. This is now the battle of Armageddon. So verse 12 talks about the sixth bowl. Verse 12 says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, these are demons, like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Jesus speaking now, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. Okay, so what is happening here? When the sixth bowl is poured out, the great Euphrates River, which is over in what is ancient Mesopotamia, so it's, it's over in Iraq, it dries up. When that river dries up, it makes now a, a dry pathway over which kings from the Middle East and the Far East can now come against Israel. And that's what happens. Now, for you who love like Bible prophecy and end times eschatology stuff, in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, Ezekiel prophesies about nations that come against Israel. And in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it speaks about Russia, Turkey, Eastern Europe, and the Northern African Islamic nations like Libya, Ethiopia, and Northern Sudan and that they will attack Israel. But listen, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is talking about at the beginning of the tribulation. And when those nations come against Israel, God destroys them. Now, what we're reading about is at the end of the tribulation. Okay, Ezekiel 38 and 39 talk about nations that converge against Israel at the beginning of the tribulation. Now, this is at the end of the tribulation. And this time, Nations are coming, they're crossing over the Euphrates now because it's a dry riverbed, and they're coming from the middle and the far east. These nations now, probably Islamic nations and their allies, we're talking Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, and China. They are coming now to wage war against Israel, which is not just a war against the Jews, this is a war against the God of Israel. Ultimately, this is a war against the God of Israel. And they will gather there at the valley of Megiddo. And right there at the valley of Megiddo, which is also known as the valley of Jezreel, there is this ancient fortified tell. It is this ancient hill upon which successive civilizations have built fortresses there. And so now when we go to Israel, it's one of the places we stop. We go to Megiddo and we, and we look out over the valley of Megiddo, the Jezreel Valley. And that is where this Climactic battle will happen. The Jezreel Valley is about 14 miles wide and about 25 miles long, and all these different nations will gather there. And in fact, the Bible tells us that it ends up spilling over down in the Kidron Valley on the outskirts of Jerusalem. So this is going to be this end time, last final battle here, the Battle of Armageddon, where these nations converge 
against Israel and really the God of Israel. And so Jesus then says here about how he's coming as a thief. You know, blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gather there at the place called Armageddon. That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this edition in Revelation again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary through his Bible teachings, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Or you can download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. It's a great way to have a quiet time anytime. You'll find a link on our website, along with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Is there anything happening in your life right now that we could be praying for? We'd be honored to do that for you. Or is there anything God's doing that deserves some rejoicing? Please let us know. We love that we can interact with our listeners. So send us a quick email and we'll get back to you soon. Prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. Put a marker where we left off in this final book of the Bible and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on Cornerstone Connection. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.